0: Welcome to the evening episode of Honey in the Rock. We hope you've had a great day and we've got a great show ahead for you. Stick with us. This evening's episode is titled The God of Elijah. It shall be focused on 2 Kings chapter 2 and 3. Before we go any further, we'll begin with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, as we read the story of Elijah going over Jordan. Lord, we see Elisha having a double double portion of the spirit that was on Elijah. Lord, it is amazing to know, Lord, that your word, Lord, always comes through the prophets. And that, Lord, nothing will stop it from coming to pass. So, Father, help us to take shield under your word. Help us, Father, to that your word may take preeminence in us help us father to be ready for the rapture when you come help us to have the wisdom to recognize the perishable nature of everything around us and that nothing nothing at all is worth us giving up your word and living for truth be with us today in the name of your son Jesus Christ we pray amen up next We shall listen to 2 Kings chapter 2 and 3.
1: Chapter 2 And it came to pass, when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him,
2: Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today?
1: And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho, And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered,
2: Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace.
1: And Elijah said unto him, Tarry, I pray thee here, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off and they two stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle, and wrapped it together, and smote the waters. And they were divided hither and thither, so that they two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee, before I be taken away from thee. And Elisha said,
2: I pray thee, Let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me.
1: And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, And he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets, which were to view at Jericho, saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. And they came to meet him, and bowed themselves to the ground before him. And they said unto him, Behold now, there be with thy servants fifty
0: strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master,
1: lest
2: peradventure the spirit of the Lord hath taken him up, and cast him upon some mountain or into some
1: valley. And he said, Ye shall not send. And when they urged him till he was ashamed, he said, Send. They sent therefore fifty men, and they sought three days, but found him not. And when they came again to him, for he tarried at Jericho, he said unto them, Did I not say unto you, Go not? And the men of the city said unto Elisha, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant, as my lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. And he said, Bring me a new cruise, and put salt therein. And they brought it to him. And he went forth unto the spring of the waters, and cast the salt in there, and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from thence any more death or barren land. So the waters were healed unto this day, according to the saying of Elisha which he spake. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children out of the city, and mocked him. And said unto him,
3: Go up, thou baldhead, go up, up, thou baldhead.
1: And he turned back, and looked on them, and cursed them in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she-bears out of the wood, and tear forty and two children over them. And he went from thence to Mount Carmel, and from thence he returned to Samaria. Chapter 3 Now Jehoram the son of Ahab began to reign over Israel in Samaria, the eighteenth year of Jehoshaphat king of Judah and reigned twelve years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother. For he put away the image of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless he cleaved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, which made Israel to sin. He departed not therefrom. And Misha, king of Moab, was a sheepmaster, and rendered unto the king of Israel an hundred thousand lambs and an hundred thousand rams with the wool. But it came to pass, when Ahab was dead, that the king of Moab rebelled against the king of Israel. And king Jehoram went out of Samaria the same time, and numbered all Israel. And he went and sent to Jehoshaphat the king of Judah, saying, The king of Moab hath rebelled against me. Wilt thou go with me against Moab to battle? And he said, I will
2: go up. I am as thou art. My people as thy people, and my horses as thy horses. And he said, Which way shall we go up?
1: And he answered, The way through the wilderness of Edom. So the king of Israel went, and the king of Judah, and the king of Edom. And they fetched a compass of seven days' journey, and there was no water for the host, and for the cattle that followed them. And the king of Israel said, Alas, that the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. But Jehoshaphat said,
2: Is there not here a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him?
1: And one of the king of Israel's servants answered and said,
2: Here is Elisha, the son of Shaphat, which poured water on the hands of Elijah.
1: And Jehoshaphat said,
2: The word of the Lord is with him.
1: So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And Elisha said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father, and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, Nay, for the Lord hath called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of
2: hosts liveth, before whom I stand, surely were it not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, I would not look toward thee,
1: nor see thee, Now bring me a minstrel. And it came to pass, when the minstrel played, that the hand of the Lord came upon him, and he said, Thus saith the Lord, Make this valley full of ditches. For thus
2: saith the Lord, Ye shall not see wind, neither shall ye see rain, yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink, both ye and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord." He will deliver the Moabites also into your hand. And ye shall smite every fenced city, and every choice city, and shall fell every good tree, and stop all wells of water, and mar
1: every good piece of land with stones. And it came to pass in the morning, when the meat offering was offered, that, behold, there came water by the way of Edom, and the country was filled with water. And when all the Moabites heard that the kings were come up to fight against them, they gathered all that were able to put on armor and upward, and stood in the border. And they rose up early in the morning, and the sun shone upon the water. And the Moabites saw the water on the other side as red as blood, and they said, This is blood. The kings are surely slain, and they have smitten one another. Now therefore, Moab, to the spoil. And when they came to the camp of Israel, the Israelites rose up and smote the Moabites, so that they fled before them. But they went forward, smiting the Moabites even in their country. And they beat down the cities, and on every good piece of land cast every man his stone, and filled it. And they stopped all the wells of water, and felled all the good trees. Only in Kirharosef left they the stones thereof, Howbeit the slingers went about it, and smote it. And when the king of Moab saw that the battle was too sore for him, he took with him seven hundred men that drew swords, to break through even unto the king of Edom, but they could not. Then he took his eldest son, that should have reigned in his stead, and offered him for a burnt offering upon the wall. And there was great indignation against Israel, and they departed from him, and returned to their own land.
0: Up next, we shall listen to a sermon by Reverend William Burnham titled, A Second-Handed Robe. This was preached in 1956, on November the 25th in the morning. We'll begin at paragraph 27, up to paragraph 125. I trust you'll find it to be a blessing.
4: And then, as we see the pattern of our lesson today, of Elijah doing his reign, he, or his pilgrimage, On earth, he was a great, mighty man. God was using him in mighty ways, with mighty power. And we find out that during this time, there was a group of impersonators who tried to impersonate Elijah, who tried to do the same things Elijah done. And so we find the same thing today. Impersonation of Christianity. People who try to act like Christians who try to make themselves Christian. You can't do that. God has to do that. He's the only one who can do it. So they formed a school and called it the School of the Prophets. And they all went up to the School of the Prophets and they educated them. And I can imagine all those preachers up there wearing the same kind of coat that Elijah wore. I can imagine trying to impersonate him on his voice, the way he spoke and the way he presented himself everyone trying to do the same thing because Elijah was a great man used of God. And we find the same thing today. I was listening to the radio broadcast not long ago. They got Billy Grimm's all over this country since Billy was in Louisville. Everybody trying to impersonate the same thing almost comb their hair the same way and, and wear the same thing and uh, same kind of uh, voice and so forth. But you can't do that. Just got to be who you are and what God made you to be. That's right. And so we find how that perhaps in them days the same things took place. Now, God seeing, foreseeing that Elijah's days were numbered, that he had so long he could stay here on earth as everyone has. So he was going to have a successor to Elijah. And when he did, God called this man. He wasn't in no seminary when he called him. He was plowing in a field with a yoke of ox, doing uh, the service of taking care of his mother and father, and God called him to be the successor of Elijah. Or Elijah. Perhaps many up the school thought they were sure they were going to be his successor. He was going to wear his robe as soon as he was finished with it. But God does the calling. God does the choosing. God does the electing. God does the setting in order. God has set in the church some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists, and pastors. God does that himself. We cannot make one... uh, hair black or white, neither can we add one thing to our statue By taking thought. God in his infant grace and by his election and his foreknowledge sets these things in order and every wheel works just right. I like that. I would be a discouraged man this morning if I didn't believe in the election and calling of God. If I thought that this world was left to the outcome of it by the power of man, and by the wisdom of man, and by the big and the UN, who never even mention God's name, i would be a discouraged person, but I'm not looking to that for the outcome. i look down in the pages of this old book here, where God wrote it out, and everything will come just exactly the way he said it. That's all. So the only thing for me to do is not line up with them, but line up with Calvary, line up with God, line up with his Word. they in his Word. No matter how much it looks like it's going to be that way, it's going to be the way God intends it to be. It can't be nothing else. For He, being an infant, knows the end from the beginning, and He makes everything come to His praise. That's right. All things will have to work together, everything will have to shape right up to its place. Why, if that wouldn't make the courage in a Christian, Amen. nothing can go wrong. Amen. After all, it's not our battle, it's His. It's not our wisdom it's his. The only one thing we have to do is put our faith and trust there and step still and see the glory of God The earth moves around to its place never wheel moving it may be scattered from side to side but it'll move right into its right place when God speaks the word He knew the end from the beginning. He knew he is going to choose he knew Elijah would take Elijah's place before the world was ever formed amen. Everything has to work just exactly right. And we're worried about our loved ones and so forth. Will they ever come in? Their names that they were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundation of the world, they'll work right in there. That's the only thing you can do. We give witnesses, and shine the light. God does the one that brings it to them. Now, notice in Elijah, then after uh, he threw his robe on him and tried it on him, in other words, Elijah, the prophet, who had the mantle of God on his shoulders, he came down and laid it across Elisha, the farmer, to see if it would fit him. And it takes me about ten years to get altered to fit that mantle. You know, God usually puts us in the shop and trims us up. Now he didn't alter his robe to fit Elisha. he ordered Elisha to fit the robe. And that's what he does today. He alters us to fit the robe, not the robe to fit us. Amen. Sometimes we want to make the robe fit us, but we can't do that. You've got to let be altered yourself for the robe. Amen. It's God's robe, and He made it perfect. Amen. And we've got, He's got to bring us into that realm to make the robe fit us. So we can't be perfect ourselves. We know we can't. There's no way for it to be, and yet He said for it to be. So what He did, He made a preparation for us. The Lord Jesus Christ and His righteousness. That's where the perfection comes of. Amen. Ignoring our own holiness of which we have none. And our own thoughts which ought not to be. But we rest solemnly upon the finished work of Amen. the Lord Jesus. Amen. God sent Him to the earth and it was in Him that we rest. Amen. Notice. All these years, as far as we know, he just had that one baptism of the robe going over him. But through the years, God had molded the man's character into a place. The word, every call, that he would fit into the robe and be the servant of the Lord. And then when Elijah passed through and it on him and he started up towards and many of the other places they went on to the school of prophets on their road, journey on. And finally, Elijah was trying to get Elisha to turn back. Did you notice? Trying to get him to turn back to I, Otherwise, maybe the road's a little too steep for you, son. Maybe it's a little too narrow for you to walk. You know, where Elijah was was straightness. And wherever God's true servant preaches the gospel, it's a straight, unadulterated gospel for its preached. Well, one day he went up there to the school of the prophets to visit him, and they asked him to leave. They said, it's too straight around here for us. What we need today is some more straight. Gospel preaching that'll separate the wheat from the chaff. or the right from the wrong. Make what's right right and what's wrong is wrong. All these fellows with their experience, all that they were, they sent out to get something to eat and one of them got a wild vine and gathered some wild gourds and cooked up some death in their ecclesiastical pots. And the first thing you know, they cried out "There's death in the pots. But Elijah, with a double potion, knew what to do. So he put a handful of meal in the pot. Then I go right ahead and eat it. In other words, that uh, today in a type, I would think that we've got a lot of Methodists, Baptists, Presbyterian, Lutheran, Pentecostals, and everything else all mixed together, and one fight against the other. And we don't need to oust the whole thing and do away with it. We need another handful of meal. Keep the same church. The meal was from the house of the school there, which was the meal offering that the people had brought in, and the first fruits of the harvest, which was ground with a certain verb that made every grain of meal the same. And then, when this meal being the same was the type of Christ, meal is life. And when the type of Christ, the meal, being ground up the same, meaning Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the meal, and the meal offering. And when they put this meal into there, putting Christ into death brought life. Amen. That's what makes a difference. In our dead form, in our differences, in our ecclesiastical arguments and everything, if we would just bring Christ into it, it would change death and separation into life. If we would just do it. There's 19 million Baptists in America, there's 13 million Methodists in America, there's 11 million Lutherans in America, and 10 million Presbyterians in America, and God only knows how many Catholics, which I'll do any of the denominations. But in all of it, what do we need? A handful of meals. We need to bring life to the church. And Christ is the life. He came to bring us life. So they had their disputes and their schools and their theologies and so forth. And then Elijah told Elijah, you better turn back because the way may be a little hard. But a man of God who's once tasted or been thrown across his shoulder... The robe of God's righteousness and power is not too easy to turn back. When I heard the pastor say this morning that our many are becoming discouraged, what we need, brothers, take courage. Amen. What we need is to be encouraged. Amen. It's right. Clouds may come, we never was promised to be immune from them, but He'll give grace to go through them. Amen. If the uh, mountain's too high to go over, too deep to go over, too wide to go right, He'll give grace to go through it. Right. Just don't worry, but keep your eyes on Christ, for He's the only one that can take us through. Amen. Now, we see Him as they journey on, come to the school. And he said, You stay here now. Be here, settle down and be a good teacher of theology and so forth. And you probably someday may become the dean of the college here. But I've got to go on down a little farther. Could you imagine a man of God being satisfied to be a dean of a college? When the power of God lays right around where he was standing? No, sir, he said, As the Lord liveth in your soul liveth, I'll not leave you. I like that. Anyway, hey, well, no matter how much discouragement it comes from your mother, your father, or from your pastor. Anyway. On to the Jordan they went. They crossed over. And Elijah said, Now what will you that I do for you? He said, A double potion of your spirit to come up on me. He what he had a work to do. He said, A double potion. Not just a good a warm experience. Not just a good handshake or a good fellowship with the rest of the church, but what I want is a double portion of what's the best now. I tell you, when God sets a man for a world past, he's got to have something better than the world's got. He's got to have something better than the church has got. He's got to go for a double portion. And if there ever was a time that a double portion is needed, it's the day in the realms of the people. Something better, something higher. I can't, I think beans and cornbread is very good, but sometimes I have to reach up a little higher. And we do that. We've got to. We've got to keep climbing. Israel was backsliding if it kept staying on the same ground. She's got to be moving off or moving back. That's the way the church is. So as they went along, it wasn't but a few minutes until he said, You've asked a great thing, but. Nevertheless, if you see me when I go, you can have what you ask for. Now, that has to be the of motive, painless of heart, painless of eye, keeping your eye on the promise. If you're sick this morning, if you're afflicted, there's one great promise, not by Elijah, but by God himself. If thou canst believe, when you pray, believe that you get what you ask for and you shall receive it. Amen. No matter what the doctor says, how much this goes or that goes, keep saying on the promise. Elijah, give him a condition. If you see me when I go, it'll come on you. There's the promise. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to them that Amen. believe. Sometimes i look at myself and think I've been such a jellyfish in my life. I have waited and missed many thousands of souls into the kingdom because I've waited and said, God, depended too much on a spiritual gift. And said, Lord, if you'll just show me, if you'll give me a vision what to do, and God gives a vision, then I'll turn around and let somebody talk me into something else. And Oh, I have never come to this spot yet until I, like I have at this time, that I feel it's a faith that we must step out there because it's a and promise. Offer. And the things that he has done and the healings that he has performed and the miracles that he has come down and have his picture taken by the side of it and so forth, which has never been known since the world began. And then... Stand around like a jellyfish. It even makes me discouraged with myself. It's time to keep your eye on the promise. Amen. That's what by God's grace I aim to do, and I realize that every devil of hell will shoot at it, but by God's grace I aim to keep my eye on the promise. Amen. Elijah said, if you Elijah said, if you see me when I go, you'll have what you ask for. Amen. That's right. You've got to keep your eye on it. What's the promise? Now he thought up the school. You could turn back and say, hey boys, how am I doing now? I'm falling right behind the prophet. He'd have pale maybe. But he didn't care what the school thought, or what all the teachers thought, he didn't care what the neighbors thought, or the houses, or who looked at him. He kept his faith in the promise. What we need today is faith in the promise of God. And don't pay no attention to what this one says, or that one says, as the brother said, a minister had two girls that were mute and that the criticism of all divine healing, that the children cannot be healed. Don't pay no attention Amen. to the critics. My God. Keep your faith on the promise. Amen. God said so. The Amen. prayer of faith shall save the sick, and God shall raise them up. Amen. If he can make one deaf to here, he can make another dispute here. hear. We know not find proofs that he does that. Amen. He's our faith on the promise, our eyes single, our ears single, our hearts single, and one thing, on Jesus Christ, and He's able to perform that which He has promised. Amen. Oh, when we think of that, it changes the whole thing. When we get that, God made the promise. God was the one that said it. Now here it was God's representative said it. And now God Himself has said it. Then what can we do? Nothing but keep our mind on that. That if you see me, when I go away, you can have the promise. Elijah kept his eyes on Elijah. No matter what horrors on each side, what's taking place on each side, what's taking a place before or back, he never even looked at it. He kept his eyes on the promise. There you are. Your eyes on the promise. I think of the lady that we visited the other night, Sister Stourney. And a doctor telling her how bad she was. And I never told her, I told her loved ones. And how impossible it would be for her to ever get well. Now, Brother, her son-in-law asked me about it. I said, if she can keep her eyes on the promise. No matter what takes place, keep your eyes on the promise. A few weeks ago, Sister Woods here in Brother Wood, two bosom friends of ours here at the church, I was in Michigan with my friends Leo and Jean. We left the Chicago meeting to some of their people for two days to go deer hunting with bows and arrows. And on my road back, my wife had got a hold of me and she said, pray for Miss Woods' mother of cancer as eating off her face. And said, I have never seen Sister Woods so alarmed. She's weeping. Sister Woods has always been a hero of faith since God healed her boy with a crippled leg and healed her with TB and so forth. But she had given down. There at the room that night we prayed, coming in Mrs. Wood said, Brother Branham, we'll go over, and we went to her mother, which was in Louisville, and she'd had a cancer on the side of her nose, and the doctor had tampered with it, scattered it to just a little ring to the side of her nose, and up just about an eighth of an inch from her eye, just a bone laying there, done eating it just as fast as it could eat away. Go into the room, and I knelt down, I said, I want to speak to her alone. And I goes into the room to pray with the woman. And while in the room, I thought, "Oh God, if you just show me a vision of what's going to happen to the woman, Mister and Miss Wood sitting on the outside, waiting to see what the visions would say." But while I was there, I got condemned. I was condemned. By waiting for a vision, seemed like something referred back wasn't the calling. What you need a vision when the promise has already been said. <laughs> hey. So I knelt down and prayed and while praying, something just anchored on the inside. The face of a promise. Come back out of Mrs. Wood when I told her about it, she said, Did you see anything from Abraham? I said, I never exactly seen anything, but I felt something that told me that his promise was true. And he was going to do it. And I believe that he's going to do it. And in less than 24 hours, the end of that cancer begin to break away and a scab form over Cancers don't scab it, you know, unless it's dead. So there it was now, and the woman is healed and home. What a wonderful Christ. By keeping our eyes on the promise, God said so. But when we are prayed for sometimes, we go over and say, well, it wasn't done just immediately. So maybe we'd better go back again. Oh, no. Keep your eye on the promise. God said so. That settles it. That's all of it. If God said so, God's able to keep his promise. He'll never make it. Abraham called those things which were not as though they were. And for 25 years stood on the impossible because he counted God was able to perform what he had promised. Amen. And we are the children of Abraham by faith. Amen. Certainly Elijah kept his eyes on, or Elisha on Elijah. And as they went on, and after a while the chariot come and parted them, one to one side and the other. And then they picked up Elijah. Upon he stepped on the chariot and went up and put his robe. Uh, off his shoulders and stood back to Elisha because Elisha had grown into it. You know, sort of fit him right. And could you imagine, oh, I want you to give me your undivided attention as I feel my throat tickling. I want to ask you something. Could you imagine how Elisha felt when he picked up this robe, placed it up on his own shoulders, Oh, what a feeling! I don't mean this to be personal, but about ten years ago from the full figure, I preached on a sermon. David, the lawyer, with a sling in his hand, and glides before him. In them days, there were no healing campaigns on the field, nowhere, as we knew of. And... Oh, how critical people were on divine healing. But there was something you meeting with a being. And the pastors told me that I was losing my mind. That it couldn't be so, but from this same box here, I spoke on David's head. Do you mean to tell me? that this the armies of the living God will let that uncircumcised Philistine defy this army? A little old stooped, shouldered, curly-haired boy with a sheepskin coat on and a sling shot in his hand? What, well, the whole army of Israel standing back up and he alone walked out with a man with a, with a spear something 19 feet long and a the, the thing on the end of it weighs seven shelters. There's 20 pounds of steel sharpened. hands on uh, the watches. I have some on this one. And a girl made a mistake and took the brush and stuck it in her mouth. It killed her. And years and years later, they took a microscope and put it on the skull of that girl and they could still hear that radium going on. Brrr, brrr, brrr. It's endless. It keeps working on and on. There's no stopping to it. And oh, forever if we has that kind of effect in it, how much more will the endless eternal supernatural all powerful all infant almighty God he has to have the same effect amen. as he started he has to have all you for he's not the almighty old powerful of God he's still waiting for somebody with a burning faith that will step out and challenge the enemy on the basis of his word and say that it's so amen
0: and now, what
4: happened? As soon as the great healing campaign started, then thousands of soldiers of God's man who lay back in little churches like Oral Roberts, Tommy Hicks, and many of the other outstanding men on the field pulled their sword. And away they went. This sword that cuts both coming and going, up and down and in and out. A deserter of the boss, even to the mire of bones, they pulled their Bibles, or swords, What that way, seen that it could be done, and we beat the enemy by the grace of God. for the whole world had a healing revival. Amen. It be done. Little pastors who had little two by four churches and so forth caught fire and seen the vision, jerked the sword, and went forth and defied the enemy. Amen. Congressman Upshaw, King George of England, and many great men who lay sick and afflicted are healed by the power of Almighty God. So there can't say nothing about it now. Um, Certainly, he was, and when he Elijah, after his whole heart's desire was to get that promise, he won the promise. That was his motive. That was his. Believe that we're not sincere about this thing that we're talking about. Right. If your whole money this morning rest upon giving God praise for my healing, I'm determined to be healed by the power of God. Amen. I'm determined to live a Christian life. I'm determined to walk in peace with God. I'm determined to do it. I don't care what mother says, what church says, what pastor says, what anybody else says, what the world says. I'm determined. That's the painless in my heart. Amen. Hey, You're going to get somewhere then. Yeah. Then, when Elijah saw that he was determined, that Elijah saw that Elijah was determined, he gave him the promise. That was promise was, if thou all can see me when I go. If you can see me when I leave. Now it's it up to Elisha. He wanted to hear the promise, so he got the promise. Now he's said, if If you can see me when I go. Now if you're sick this morning and you want to be healed, I can prove to you Christ gave you the promise. The promise is yours. If thou canst believe, if thou canst believe, don't be defeated. Now, Elisha, wrapped in the from God. He did a fresh morning from God. He wore a second-handed robe when he came come to the river. But he needed a brand new first-handed call from God and a first-handed power from God to perform the miracle. My brother, don't you be afraid to ask God anything. You must demand God or ask God for anything that He has promised. For if I am introducing a God And if I do the works of God, I must demand of God to bring these things to pass because He's demanding of me to produce the impossible. Amen. Amen. I have to ask Him. I have to call upon Him and say, God, you promise me. So do you. Every person. You shall receive power at 20. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. After the Holy Spirit has come upon you. After you're as a Christian, after your faith is set Christ, then you shall receive power. Hey, yes. Brother, sister, every one of that this morning, may I say this before praying for the sick? May I say this? By God's help, you pray for me as I stood ten years ago this morning. Preaching on David and Goliath. Now it isn't a Goliath that's entered me. God has slayed him before me. But the thing that's entered me is a lack of faith The lack of something that I know was around. And this morning before this little tabernacle again, I'm screaming, where is the God who gave this to us? Where is the God who met me as yonder? Come forward, God. Give me a curse. Whether it looks or it looks, whatever it looks like, move on. The promise is true. Hey Brother, sister, one of these days, to you, sinner friends here this morning, and to you people who are trying to impersonate Christianity, you may belong to church. That's very fine. I have nothing to say against that. Nothing against your fine scholarly education, against your theology. I have nothing against that. But oh, where is the God? It wasn't Elijah after all. It wasn't Elijah who opened up that river. It wasn't his robe. Elisha took it from his shoulder. He folded it just the same way that Elijah did. But when he began to try to wave it, there was no power there. Then he cried, knowing that God was somewhere. Where, Where? is that God? Where is he? Then something must have struck the prophet. Well, he waved that robe and struck the wires and she opened and he thither. And before the clergy of that day, before the critics of that day, he walked across the Jordan just like Elijah did before him. We don't need the teaching. We have that. But we need the God of Elijah. We need the power of the God of Elijah back in our church. The power to make us whole and call God's word rightly, God. And we're everyone here this morning as human beings on our road to Jordan. And when he came to Jordan, you're going to ride there one of these mornings or one of these nights. When he came to Jordan, he was walking as a conqueror. But when he came to Jordan, that was a difference. He had a second-handed rollerball horse another man had wore it. But it was a good robe. And he knew what the man was that wore the robe. And brother, sister, one of these mornings, i got to come down to George. I'm thinking this afternoon we're going down to Brother and Sister Rice. Don't forget them. This is our golden wedding anniversary. I believe the church here going to have a, a dinner with them. I was thinking the other day, 50 years, and I see them both well-aged, stricken down. I thought, yes, I'm 47 years old. They just married three years before I was born. 47. I'm marching towards Jordan. I've got to come down. I've got to get there. I'm going to arrive there. It may be an accident on the road. I may drop in the air in a plane. I may have been shot through with a devil's dart somewhere. And I don't know how I'm going. But there's one thing I know I'm going. And I'm walking towards Jordan. But when I get there... I want to know one thing, that i got a second-handed robe on, too. I ain't trusting in mine because it's so good. For as soon as Elijah picked up Elisha's robe, he tore his into pieces and threw it down. And that's the way it was when I found Christ. I tore my own stuff up, my own ideas, my own nonsense, my little petty things. I thought when I was a little Baptist preacher, I I was somebody. But I to God, I put on his robe. And when I come to Jordan, I want to find myself wrapped in his robe. He'll follow that. And we'll arrive there one day. So let us pray just a moment.
0: As we get towards the end of this episode, we end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your mighty love. We thank you, Lord, that there's no one like thee among the gods, glorious in holiness, Fearful in praises and doing wonders. Father, we thank you, Lord, that you sent us an Elijah during our day. Lord, we remember you sent him to India. And how, Lord, you had shown him a vision of a blind man receiving his sight. And he stood there like Elijah on Mount Carmel and challenged the religious leaders of the day in that nation that they would bring back the sight of that man. And Lord, they all failed because no one, not even... Brother Branham himself could do anything about it. But Lord, you, the creator, the great physician could do something about it. So Father, now Brother Branham is resting, he did his work. But Lord, we know that that same spirit of God that was with him is with us today. For the theme of his preaching was always Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today and forever. So Lord, it excites our souls and our hearts know that you're still with us the same way you were with him the same way you've always been with your church through the ages we pray father help us to hide under the shadow of your wings and in your word until Lord your word and us become one that you express yourself through us and we can see you manifest through our lives and believe you for anything father rescue the souls of those who have gone away from you Rescue us from the thoughts and things of the world which are the cares that encumber us and take us from serving you, that we may be found ready, our lambs trimmed and clear, a bride without spot or wrinkle. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to Honey in the Rock, your daily dose of inspiration and encouragement. We hope to continue to earn your viewership throughout the year as we read the Bible from cover to cover. To make this a better listening experience for you, we'd really appreciate your feedback. So please email us at honeyintherock2020 at gmail.com. We also have accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So please follow us, share our pages, and subscribe. Now we'll leave you with the parting song. God richly bless you.
5: Righteousness be. Jehovah, there is no God.
3: Jehovah There is no God like Jehovah Behold